that's really the insight of, of this of this concept of trying to figure out what is it going to take for me to see that there's something bigger than the than the idea the identity that I've gotten into. Greetings and welcome to Classic of Difficulties, Difficult Questions in Medicine, Acupuncture, and Beyond. I am your host, Dr. James Mombali, and this is good friend of mine, uh, Brian Huey, or as we say, Mr. Huey and Mr. Mohabali. We are fellow St. John's graduates, fellow acupuncturists. Uh, Brian Huey has been a huge uh, influence to my own practice, so I'm deeply honored to have him uh, on the show Um uh, Every single day, I take the pulse just like you showed me, Brian, so it's a, it's a great honor to have you here. Well, thank you. That's so good to be here. Uh, so we are currently in outside of Roanoke, Virginia, in a place called... Fincastle. Fincastle. Um, we are in the foothills of the Shenandoahs, I think. I believe so, yeah. Which, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely part of the world. Um, so tell me, uh, we'll hop right into it, what does a session with you look like? Okay. Well, um, I mean, just kind of getting into the uh, mechanics of it, I think it's pretty similar to, to most acupuncture. I think the, the, the difference where I come in is um, I do only do one client at a time, so I, and I spend a, a lot of time uh, really working with the pulse. And it mm-hmm. kind of gets in to, to the essence of what I think healing is and what I think disease is and what's involved with that. I, I really... Um, through the course of a treatment, I really want to be able to, to figure out, um, you know, just like as when I'm feeling the pulse um, in, in, in that whole person, I want to be able to figure out, okay, what's, what's the pattern, where is it going, but also what are the things that are already shifting in that, and how can I uh, work to shift all those things? So that's, that's really kind of the focus of right. when I put everything around in the, in the treatment setting. So... Uh, one thing that was really striking to me when I first came to a session yeah. with you was that um, there was a definite expectation that the treatment, that once a problem was identified, you yeah. know, or you know, once a diagnosis was made, we might say, that by the end of the treatment, we would expect that there would be change in that. Absolutely. You know, we would expect that the pulse had substantially changed. Yeah. Um, so... That's that's something that a lot of my patients are always surprised about. Right. Um, and that's something I've sort of come to accept as standard in Chinese acupuncture, Japanese acupuncture. Um, but the question that I have, like as a practitioner, is like, you you do all of this work in a session. You know, you've you've got this person like, you know, riding on this wavelength. You uh, that you both feel they feel healthier. You feel like it's you know a better state for them, and then they come back the next week, and it's like it's back. Yeah, yeah. you know it's choppy again. It's yeah, like yeah. So I mean, how do you how do you think about that? Like, why do people why do people go back? Okay, um, there are two words um, that come to mind that are, are foundational to how I think of uh, disease, and in, in Chinese, they're 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 Bing and Ji. Um, you know, which is often translated, Bing is often translated as disease, which really isn't a great translation. Um, um, and G is often translated as illness, but the, the, 
uh, and this is very much from the Shenong Ben Sao, um, where they would make this distinction. And but essentially, what I think the distinction is is that a Bing is something more like. I actually haven't come up with a good translation yet, but it's closer to something like a symptom. Um, or here, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of jump into the, the, the philosophical aspect of how I think Please. about this. Yeah, that uh, I think wild animals do not have G, do not have uh, you know illnesses, conditions, um, you know, however we want to translate that word, um, because for the most part they just respond to their instincts. So they get sick, they get injured, or whatever, um, and they immediately respond the best that they can to that situation. Mm-hmm. And, and either they're going to relatively uh, quickly heal from that, or, or they're not. You know, they're going to get predated, or you know, not be able to hunt for themselves, or whatever, and they die. Um, whereas the, the gift and the curse of, of being human, of having a cerebral cortex, of being able to, uh, you know, kind of negotiate with our instincts is that then we're also going to have chronic disease uh, because we have the ability to, you know, put things on the, on the back burner, you know? Um, uh, and so that's the idea of G Bing is more like, um, you know, catching a cold or or breaking your arm or, or having a cough, these things that are uh, you know, very natural, and we might say acute um, issues that, um, um, and if we look at the character, I think it's really neat to, to look at inside the character. It's kind of like the, uh, it's one of actually the, the heavenly stones in there of like, I always think of it as like uh, seeing a little sprout coming out of the ground, of mm-hmm. these cotyledons, um, but it's got the, the illness radical on it, the sickness radical on it, meaning this is something that's arising in me that's making me feel sick. But it's still something that has a very natural life cycle. And, and, um, and, and this is what's, you know, very easy to treat. You know, say, like, the, the, the client coming in and we, we feel, say, the choppy pulse in there and we're able to, to, to treat it and it goes away. You know, that's, right. that's treating the big. But the, the G is more like, you know, well, well yeah, what is it? in me? What is it in my life that I keep on gravitating back towards this choppy pulse? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you look at the character for that, in fact, it's um, you know, still the same uh, sickness uh, radical on the, on the outside, but inside is the character for a dart. Um, so the first thing I like to think of is, you know, like, like, like we say, it's a, it's a thorn in my side. You know, mm-hmm. This isn't just a cough. This isn't just a, um, a broken arm. Um, this is something that I keep on lugging around with. Why do I keep on, um, you know, being pulled in like a gravitational force to keep on having certain patterns of, of illness, um, this chronic disease? Uh, and I think the answer is to a certain extent in the character as well, uh, because actually the character for um, Dart is um, is a modification of the character for um, uh, you know for for Heaven. You know, the idea of a uh, uh, you know, that character is, of course, um, you know, uh, a stick, pick, a stick person looking up at the sky and seeing something so big. Right. Um, but instead, uh, the, the line that makes it a dart is this little diagonal. It's almost like instead of being able to see that there's something bigger than me, that there's that there are bigger possibilities. Instead, I'm always looking down. You know, I've gotten caught in this pattern. Right. 
Um, so to circle back to how to answer your question is I think that's really the insight of, of this of this concept of trying to figure out what is it going to take for me to see that there's something bigger than the than the idea the identity that I've gotten into because that's that's another way of looking at it is yeah. how how can I treat my identity that where something's that some kind of dart's gotten into my identity that that keeps on wounding myself yeah and so how do you how do you think that healing happens like do you think do you think people just feel better after a treatment and then they kind of notice that they feel better right then and they they gradually kind of uh this is how i explain it to my patients that you kind of gradually sink back into your old pattern and you realize like oh man i really i really don't like the taste of cigarettes and i really don't like the way they make me feel or, you know so then they start kind of realizing how the dart has been harming them yeah or i mean or what what do you think is happening there that really finally makes that change permanent yeah I think this is the idea of a healing crisis. I think okay. uh, my sense is all all chronic disease um, heals through through a healing crisis. It's just you know they're, they're, it's a, that's a whole spectrum, you know. And, and I think right. sometimes it's not so much of a big event, so we might not even notice it. Like like um, an example of uh, you know maybe the cigarettes just don't taste good anymore, you know. But for some people, um, it's going to be a healing crisis of like okay, I still feel like I should be smoking the cigarette, but it's not doing it for me anyway because my body has changed. Right. Um, but And I guess to tie it back into the way I was thinking about it, um, the healing crisis is basically those instincts or those needs that have been on the back burner finally getting to come to the, to the, to the front to, to be dealt with, okay. to, to be kind of integrated into to who I am right now. Is that... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it sounds like um, a big part of your thinking, which I think is super foundational to Chinese medicine, is um, you know, Neijing chapter, Suwen chapter one. You know, we're talking about living out of harmony with nature. Yeah. So that if we can get like back in touch with our nature as people, um, you know, then we heal from disease. But but to me, there's like a bit of a conflict between yeah. like. Um, like a lot of people when they uh, when they get back to nature um, they think of man kind of acting in a more animalistic fashion man right. perhaps in the wilderness man fending for himself um, I'm wondering if you mean if you think that that's a higher goal or whether you think that there's some other nature that man like embodies right, right. no I, I, yes certainly I mean like, this is part of the, the interesting thing about it is part of our nature is to be uh, you know so that would have been Aristotle said man is the political animal right that we are we are or a rational animal sure and that also yeah um that that we part of our nature is to be socialized I mean the answer can't be to, to get rid of the cerebral cortex yeah. so okay let me just be a wild animal so I can get rid of disease you know that's um uh, you know that's certainly not the the solution either so I mean what what is our end goal? Like, if not to be a while, yeah. what are we aiming for? What's our target? Um, I think something more along the lines of um, can can I find a way to um, 
integrate my inner nature with my outer nature? Can it? Can I be in touch with uh, like um, my personal needs, or like you know, my, maybe my somatic needs, and and also my needs for for interaction, my my needs for uh, being a part of a society, all those other things, like. Is, is that something that's uh, fundamentally possible or does it have to be a trade-off? Um, I believe it's possible. Yeah, so uh, our mutual teacher, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Ewan, often talks about like authenticity. Yeah. Um, is, that, is that a word that applies in this situation? Like you think that there's an authenticity in really being who you're supposed to be in a given situation and following your needs? Sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, or do you think there's a better, uh, a better word? No, I think that that works very well. I mean, that, and that's that's a route that I'll I'll go sometimes. I mean, that's, that's something that Chinese medicine offers so well is the idea of a of a heart. Right. Um, and and you know, we have such great um, statements like that. Um, all disease is rooted in spirit. Um, right. So if you can connect with your heart, then 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 yeah, the idea that that you can uh, know. How just like the heart is the image of the of the emperor of the whole body, right. I can connect in with with my heart and this you know this true leader, not you know not a usurper, but a true leader. Right. Then that that should be a center that I could form everything else around in my life. How does one make the heart a true leader rather than a usurper? Mm. Mm, that's asking. <laughs> I've got another question. Yeah. Um, well. I think it's based in here's here's what here's where I go with it usually. It's based in the question of belief. I think it comes down to uh, there's a fork in the road of what you do with belief. Uh, do you think belief is something that that you're told, or is belief something that you look inside to discover? Okay. I believe that the the second uh, looking inside is the route to the heart, and I think as soon as you start that path. Uh, then, then, then things start moving for you and yeah. it starts opening up. Um, so going back to the idea of like, uh, sort of a meeting of the needs, you know, meeting of the social needs, meeting of the, uh, physical needs, you know, a lot of people, you know, say they're, uh, parents and they're not getting a lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where we're making a sacrifice, um, physically, you know, um, for the for an achievement of a different type of goal, yeah. um, and you know, some people maybe uh, maybe they're stressed at their job and they they don't eat lunch, and you know, maybe they're not making as conscious of a sacrifice, but um, they're actually you know they're sacrificing themselves for the sake of their job. You know, they're sacrificing their body for the sake of their job. Um, I wonder, like in Taoism, there's obviously a big current of asceticism, right? Sure. There's people that are doing the opposite of what we're doing to people as practitioners. You know, sure. we're often saying, like, you need to pay attention to your stomach. It's trying to tell you something. It's trying to tell you to stop eating fried foods, you know. Um, so you ought to listen to it. Or say somebody who has an eating disorder, you're telling them your body, you know, you need to stop fasting. So I guess, like, in the scheme of, like, this conception of health as being a our harmony between outside and inside, um, where there's a recognition and a meeting of the needs. How do we think about, like, asceticism? And how do we think about, like, the willful abstinence from mm-hmm. things that might be satisfying to us? I would do the primary channels for that. Uh, you know, the, the, 
Um, and, and this is, you know, um, I want to give credit to, to, to Jeffrey for this because he's the only one I've ever heard talk about the, um, the primary channels as a trinity, but I've, this is, I think about this all the time of the, uh, the three tetrads of, um, uh, survival interaction and, and differentiation. I mean, I think it's, it's really a question of, you know, a lot of what goes in the, in the realm of, of medicine usually is really just about survival. You've got the, those other two of, uh, you know, maybe I'm, um, um, if I could just yeah, please. So in the uh, in Chinese medicine, there are twelve primary channels, and um, there's you can group them into sets of four, which leaves you with three groupings. Um, the first would be uh, lung, large intestine, spleen, stomach, and that's um, survival. And then you can go on through the rest of them. So the again, where the differentiations are survival, interaction, and differentiation. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, and so yeah, so if Sometimes it might take um, uh, making a decision at the cost of survival, of say skipping a meal, um, but it's for the sake of, uh, say, interaction to go spend time with somebody, or or maybe it's for uh, you know the really I think the most interesting tetrad is the is the differentiation because that that's where you're going to get into the more uh, spiritual aspects also because differentiation uh, could also be um, undifferentiating, you know, okay, I'm going to practice asceticism. I'm going to fast to see what happens if I, um, you know, play around with denying what I thought was my identity, namely these survival things and see, see if I identify with something else also. Is that, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes yeah. a good amount of sense. So do you find, um, you mentioned that medicine often focuses on survival, um, sure. in particular because it's, I mean, I think it's very neglected, I think. Um, most likely it's kind of a human thing to just neglect survival. Like right. we, we're prescribing qigong, we're prescribing dietary things as really first interventions, even from the earliest Chinese medical texts. So um, do you find yourself like working with differentiation as a practitioner and really guiding people through that realm? Actually, almost always. I mean, that's just how I like to, to do it. Like say if I am working with the primary meridians, I'm going to say nearly always I'm going to be working with one of at least one of those uh, uh, differentiation channels, just kind of as the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the exception being if somebody's truly coming in for something acute, right. but, but otherwise it is uh, working with uh, trying to see what kind, of, uh, what kind of wiggle room is there or what kind of um, availability is to, to, to see who I am more fully that those uh, differentiation channels are going to... Um, you know, help us work with. Could you tell us? Could you tell us more um, about differentiation and like what that means? Sure. Yeah. No, I, I love this subject. Yeah. Um, create like a create um, like for patients. Sure. Okay. Um, so I like to think. I'll just go through the channels. Um, it's just kind of a, an easy introduction to the to the differentiation channels, which are the pericardium, the sanjiao, uh, the gallbladder, and the liver. And so I like to think, uh, here, sometimes I'll, I'll put it in a, in a, in a, a pregnancy metaphor that, um, that pericardium can be like, um, getting pregnant. It's, it's getting an idea of who I am. Say, you know, maybe I'm a, I'm an adolescent. I'm starting to figure out who I think I, I am. Uh, that's at the pericardium of being able to make those 
kind of core belief statements of, of, of uh, who I am, or at least at best, who I think I am right now. And so the pericardium's going to give that to its yin-yang partner, the, the Sanjiao, and the Sanjiao's going to take that to the kidneys, to the, to the jing, to the uh, raw resources of who I can become, and it's going to take that you know, up my Sanjiao tree, up my, um, up my spine, up the, through my uh, spinal nerves and through that Sanjiao irrigation. And that's what's going to actually kind of um, make me, um, you know, actually those qualities. And it's going to give me the, the chance to start interacting in the world and seeing, you know, if, if, if you think this is who you are, now you get to, now you get to try it out. That's the Sanjiao. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so then, you know, and start getting conflict, um, um, Something I think that's really interesting to think about is in the, in the extremes of that, that can be where, where trauma really sets in or, uh, or you know, in very severe trauma. And that's going to be the personality disorders. It seems like that's where that irrigation system has really become faulty. It's no longer wanting to, to irrigate to some of those fields that, that used to be very important to me. And now, now they're closed off because, uh, you know, they've been traumatized. Um, so that's going to be the... The Sanjiao, um, and I'll, I'll put it in the more optimistic terms, but if I, so if I start realizing, well, wait a minute, who I thought I was um, isn't, really, isn't really working for me. It's bringing a lot of uh, heartache or a lot of disappointment. So, so hopefully I can get to the, to the gallbladder next and be able to, to kind of, uh, here's the birth part of, um, you know, the, the Sanjiao was the, um, the, uh, the whole pregnancy. Um, now I'm going to kind of um, birth out what has been useful in this process of learning about myself, mm-hmm. uh, but also to, to kind of um, you know, bring in Socrates um, to, to birth the wind egg, to the, the parts that, that really were you know, just something to let go of. You know, that's very much the gallbladder. You know, it's this channel that, that goes to, to our deepest parts, into the bone marrow, where, where I do forge the basic cells of who I am all the way out to my sensory orifices to be able to, to see the world in a certain way. And hopefully if I'm, you know, if I'm tapped into that, that's gonna, there's going to be a connection there between who I make myself at that marrow level and how I see my world and how I see myself. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, liver, liver's the chance to kind of integrate that. You know, the liver being, in my mind, most notably going to the brain to kind of deposit these experiences so that now the, the next time, my next permutation, my next uh, chapter of myself in, in, my, in, in my life, um, that's something I've learned rather than continuing to, to repeat the same mistakes. Um, so that's, that's one of the first things I do when I'm working with, uh, with a client any time is trying to place them, okay, where, what are they, where are they working? Which one of those channels is the most active for them? Right. 